You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. And as investors, we just have to we just have to remain patient, remain calm, you know, have a bunch of cash and and wait. I mean, tr- trying to catch falling knives here or, or trying to be a contrarian is is not a good idea. I mean, you're a contrarian when you're well informed. Right. I mean, how, we're, we're not really well informed because we don't know what's coming. When you're a contrarian, you know what's coming and you see everybody get up, everybody get off into one side of the boat and you're standing over here going, wow, this is a great opportunity. There's, you know, the, the world is functioning properly. Everything is everything is normal. And you see a, and, and you see an opportunity. That's not the case right now. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I am your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in. Joining me today is the Junior Miner Junkie, David Erfley. Website is juniorminerjunkie.com. I've been a subscriber to David's letter since its inception, and David offers excellent advice regarding navigating the junior mining sector. He provides macroeconomic commentary and uh, explains how that impacts the junior mining sector and the precious metals, which is something we're observing right now as we see extreme volatility. Uh, The VIX closed. I'm speaking to David after the close on Monday here of the markets and uh, the highest VIX close ever. It was up nearly 44% on the day. The Dow was down 13%, S&P down 12%. We saw gold go from 1550 all the way down to 1450, then back up to 1500. Stocks like Sandstorm, I watched open and go down to $3.37 US. Then it closed the day around $4.67 last time I looked. Silver went from $14.50 down to under $12 at one point, then it popped back up to $12.85 or thereabout as we're recording this. Uh, The gold miners, a lot of the producers were up. Most of the pre-revenue companies that don't have revenue that I looked at just as I flipped through my finance app, it looks like they were red on the day. But then some silver producers were up. Even as silver crashed and is under $13 an ounce, First Majestic Silver was up 10%. Fortuna Silver up 15%. Exelon is up 32%. JNUG was up 83% today. The GDXJ was up 20% even as the metals were crushed. This is extreme volatility. It can mess with your emotions if you let it. So Dave, help us understand. I don't quite understand what's going on. (laughs) <laughs> to the best of your knowledge, what's going on here? Well, um, a lot of uncertainty, Bill. Um, you know, the the the, uh, the market is still extremely headline sensitive. So, um, you know, with with uh, the U.S. being in lockdown now, and pretty much the whole world being in lockdown, the economy has come to a complete standstill. So, this is why, um, as you know, I put out an alert Sunday morning. Before the before the market even opened, that I was afraid that there may be a stop run in the silver price, because of the because of the deflationary situation that this lockdown has caused. So um, th- that's exactly what happened today. I mean, once silver got below thirteen sixty two, which was the two thousand sixteen low, there was uh, quite a bit of stops there, and they got ran and. It, it, and the silver price got all the way down to below $12. Um, 
As you know, I've been slowly liquidating my silver positions because uh, I was expecting this. But unfortunately, I, I didn't uh, liquidate them all. <laughs> so I felt the pain as well. So now you've got an extreme uh, deflationary scenario. Then um, any junior that, has, that, that does not have any cash flow and just consumes cash, which is what these explorers and these developers do, they're really feeling the pain. Um, I, I, I heard you mention the GDXJ was up quite a bit, um, although the J stands for juniors. There are very few non-cash flowing juniors in the GDXJ. So um, the GDXJ is mostly mid-tiers and majors. So this is why the, 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 the miners and mid-tiers and royalty companies are bouncing today, but um, non-cash flowing juniors are not. So how is the GDXJ up 20% today, though? Because even as I uh, just scroll through my finance app and look at some of the producers in there, there's some gold producers that I notice aren't even up. But, I mean, B2 Gold's up 8%, but some other gold producers were red on the day. So so how is GDXJ up 20%? Well, it's a very volatile index, and uh, there's, there's uh, not enough. It can't really handle all the liquidity. So you get... Um, you get you, you get uh, tapes that are painted that are that are that are not real. Uh, these these are very uh, limited uh, um, ETFs, and th- this happens. This this uh, what what when you really saw the extreme volatility was the was at the end of the day on Friday, um, when the GDX and GDXJ had extreme volatility. And JNUG I think was at one point down ninety two percent. I mean there's. There's more liquidity in JNUG than there is in GDXJ. So um, you're getting this, when you have extreme volatility like this, you see crazy action. And um, good luck trying to trade it. I mean, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's very difficult to trade this market. Um, that's why um, I've been building up cash and just putting my hands in my pockets and waiting for this, to, waiting for the market to, to come back to some sense of normalcy. Um, and with the, uh, it sounds like the U.S. might go on lockdown for eight weeks. Um, so um, that's going to bring the economy to a complete standstill. I mean, the Fed's bazooka came out on Sunday, and they pretty much fired everything they had at the market, and gold, silver, the market, everything immediately reversed. So they have nothing left. So um, this is the, the, this is very dang. These are very dangerous markets. So. Um, having a large cash position and just standing aside with your hands in your pockets for now is a really good idea. With JNUG, it was up, it's just a whopping 83.45% today. So when it's that high and GDX, you know, more people bought it than it could actually handle, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the underlying stocks. Someone communicated to me, I've talked to several people that they say, okay, well, this is an indication of a bottom because you know the miners always lead the precious metals out even though the the precious metals crashed the miners are telling us we're going to go higher I, i'm not convinced of that and this this would be why because there's so much volatility doesn't some of the general principles that you might otherwise employ when it's this volatile it's almost like they don't matter as much is that right absolutely yes and we've i mean we've never ex- experienced anything like this in the modern world i mean this this pandemic is global 
I mean, the last thing we experienced something like this was probably the Black Plague, and that was you know, centuries ago. So this now, we're, now the globe is is all connected now. So the last time we had something like like Mirs or, or SARS or anything like that, the the, the the globe was not connected connected as well as it as it is now. So we're all connected. We're all experiencing it. We're all in total lockdown. It's affecting everybody. It's affecting everything. And as the economy was already on shaky ground. Um, as far as, as negative interest rates are concerned in, in both Japan and Europe, um, it's it's a very dangerous situation. And um, I'm sure they're panicking over there at central banks in Europe. I, we obviously saw the Fed panic uh, on Sunday night when you had an unprecedented two emergency meetings within two weeks and a total of, of a one and a half basis point rate cut, which the market did not did not react well to. So this is uh, these are very dangerous times. And um, I just I, I just want to reiterate that uh, it's very dangerous to trade markets like this and um, just be very careful out there. This is a this is a, this is a professional market here. I mean, this you have to be an extreme professional to trade these markets successfully. Or you have to be an insider who knows what's going to occur exactly. before it occurs. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that always helps. So <laughs> where's the fun? Where, where's the fun in that? If you know if you know what's coming, right? <laughs> So you're the junior minor junkie, but you're going to be predominantly cash on the sidelines. And even when you see JNUG up 83%, or I mentioned a junior that was up 33% today, that doesn't lure you back in. You're sticking with no. your guns here for the time being. I am. I am. Yeah. It's uh, There's way too many question marks out there, Bill. Way too many question marks out there. I mean, sure, this could be, this could be the bottom, but... Um, uh, there's there's too much uncertainty for me to put more cash to work. I mean, my portfolio has been obliterated like most everybody else's. I mean, I feel fortunate to still have a little bit of profit on the year and basically have my investment capital intact, which is I, I, I see that as a big win in this market right now. Um, but uh, like I said, I mean, it's it's been obliterated like most everybody else's. I mean, this. Uh, when you see when you had the, the GDX and the GDXJ about to break out of cup and handle formations and the and the silver junior ETF SILJ was leading into the end of the year, all signs were pointing to the miners finally breaking out and catching up with the metal. Well, this 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 uh, the government reaction to this coronavirus pandemic has put has has taken us from the penthouse to the basement in three weeks. Regarding the silver price, Dave, uh, you're avoiding the silver juniors. We, we've had discussions, non-recorded discussions, and we've talked about silver going down to $8, $8 you know, under $10. But um, I called my local dealer that I've bought from in the past today, this morning, and he said, we're absolutely not selling. We'll buy precious metals, but we're not selling any precious metals at these prices. So then he said, you could call back in the afternoon. So I called back this afternoon and I said, uh, you know, where are the prices at? And he's like, after the premium, even though, you know, silver prices where it's at, it's going to cost you at least 20 to $21 to, to buy a Silver Eagle. So you're talking about an $8 premium. And I said, what did it cost me two weeks ago? And he's like, you know, my price out the door is the same today, essentially, as it was two, three weeks ago. And so... um you know, even when the spot prices beat down, and we know that how that happens through the future contracts, the, the price to the average investor that actually wants to buy the physical, it's the same amount. So my, my question is, 
how is that not an arbitrage that somebody, how could silver stay low for too long when somebody could demand a physical, you know, delivery via the COMEX and then they could just sell that and then the dealers can sell it for over $20. It seems like a clear arbitrage. I think it's because the silver has been trading as an industrial metal ever since 2016 and not a precious metal. And uh, its industrial component is the reason why it's it's being sold down here in, in, in the futures market. I mean, uh, and, and silver and the uh, non-cash flowing you know, developer and explorer juniors are linked at the hip because of this. So when you have a deflationary scenario, you see it in the silver price. And when you have a de- deflationary scenario, juniors that just consume capital and do not throw off any are going to get hit. So that's exactly what's happening here. And the junior sector will not turn around until the silver sector turns around. And the silver sector will not, will not turn around until this deflationary scenario turns around, until we get a reflation move. And we're not going to get that reflation move until people can get out there and spend this helicopter money that's coming into the, the marketplace here by all these central banks. And that'll be the key that, that causes gold in assets to rise again? Yes, absolutely. That, that is the key. We need the reflation trade to come back into the, into the marketplace. And how is that going to happen when everybody is sitting inside their homes? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you know, I live, in, I live in Los Angeles County in Southern California here, and we, we were out on the weekend and we were driving on the freeways and it was empty. It was bizarre. You know, being in L.A. with no traffic is very bizarre. Dave, I talked to a, a CEO of a gold company, and he understands where the markets are at. I got his take on where the markets are at. And he was in good spirits, though, because he still thinks that the second half of this year could be a good year for gold and mm-hmm. for the gold stocks. I mean, would you hold that view that we could see a, a solid recovery? I'm talking specifically in the gold stocks, you know, this year. Maybe it's the second half of this year sometime this summer. Yes. I mean, we need to see peak virus. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, it's, it's a flu virus and the flu season ends at the end of April. So, um, it, it, you know, we have we still have no idea because this is, as you know, and your listeners know that this is a, a fast, a rapidly spreading virus. So um, we have no way of knowing. And that's and those question marks and uncertainties and uncertainties is what keeps me on the sideline with a lot of cash. And uh, just as we wrap it up, Dave, I appreciate your time here. I know it's been um, stressful and you've lost some sleep. So what would be your final advice? Maybe final advice about a sign you would look for. You talked about reflation. Anything else we could look for to discern that bottoming? Uh, Yes. I mean, uh, some sense of normalcy coming back into the marketplace. Um, You know, and and I don't think that's going to happen until some of these question marks are removed. I mean, um, it's uh, it's very interesting and dangerous times here. So um, we have to make sure that there's a bottom in place before we start jumping into these things again. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people are shell-shocked and, and have lost a lot of money. The last thing they want to do is try to catch a falling knife right here when there's so many question marks out there. And as investors, um, we, just have to, we just have to remain patient, remain calm, you know, have a bunch of cash, and, and wait. I mean, tr- trying to catch falling knives here or, or trying to be a contrarian is is not a good idea. I mean, you're a contrarian when you're well informed, right? I mean, how, we're we're not really well informed because we don't know what's coming. When you're a contrarian, you know what's coming, and you see everybody get out 
everybody get off into one side of the boat and you're standing over here going, wow, this is a great opportunity. There's, you know, the, the world is functioning properly. Everything is, everything is normal. And you see, a, and, and you see an opportunity. That's not the case right now. Well, Dave, I appreciate uh, you taking the time. Thanks for giving me and my listeners an update. Absolutely, Bill. Anytime. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks concomitant with that if you don't do the work or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too i just started to study up on mining stocks and i just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly the mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.